Hi, I'm Eric Dewey from the Socially Awkward Studios, Science and Beer, and Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And you're listening to another proud presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 61 and is being recorded on February 5th, 2016. (laughs) Today's topic is 2016 Trek Updates. I'm Aaron. I'm Eric. And I'm Ashley. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Uh, it's good. Pretty good. So it's been a while since all three of us have been together. Yes. Oh yeah. For an episode. I think this will be a fun one, so why don't we jump into it? There's a lot of news. A lot of news, a lot of controversy in, in the new year. And if you didn't know, this is the 50th anniversary of, of Star Trek. Yes, 50th anniversary year. Say what? So why don't we jump into it with Would You Buy It? Oh, we're going straight into Would You Buy It. Would You Buy It. So, Eric, would you buy that? No. No? (laughs) Why would I? (laughs) I tweeted you yesterday. Did you look at it yesterday when I tweeted you? Yeah, I did. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's another stupid Think Geek thing. Ah, but we love Think Geek. I I would. Stupid in the way that I love how it's stupid not to buy from them. <laughs> yeah. So, Ashley, uh, we discussed this earlier. She said that she would buy it. I would, but not for that price, though. And uh, First, uh, Well, Ashley, could you clear something up? Sure. What, what is a maxi dress? What's maxi? It's just like basically a, a long dress and it's more like a cloth material. Oh. So, like, you know the um, the other like dresses that came out? Actually? Yeah, like cotton material. Yeah. You know the dresses that came out? Uh, so the, the dresses that she's talking about are the TNG-style kind of, like, short mini dress. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that yes. came out uh, uh, earlier in the year. Ashley actually bought one. Uh, yes, oh, I yeah? How, how was it? I have yet to wear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we might but do some cosplay one. later. We'll see. Um, oh gosh. So what we're ta- well, I I would buy it for Ashley, I, I suppose, not for myself. What we're talking about is Picard's painting maxi dress from Think Geek. It's a Think Geek exclusive for forty nine ninety nine. The description is a captain's painting by Rick. St- Sternbeck, Sternbach. Yep, Sternbach. Uh, and Andrew Probert. Yep. Uh, Grace Picard's ready room. If if you remember that big painting of the Enterprise D in Picard's mm-hmm. ready room, and that was there throughout the run of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and has been reproduced on this dress. It looks I mean, pretty it's, cool. It's a cool design. Mm-hmm. I think the Enterprise D is like. Way too low, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, it's not like a like a T-shirt where you would have it like all up here. Oh, I, the chest I understand that, but yeah, it's like all the way down there. Like you're gonna have people like looking at your feet, going, "Oh, that's a cool <laughs> starship." I suppose, yeah. Well, I mean, I I kind of like it, um, but I yes, I agree. I would um, have the ship a little more upwards towards the. Um, Stomach region instead of towards the ankles. Well, where so you have less mate- the the painting would be smaller if it was higher up, I believe. True. Maybe they could have used it as a short dress instead. Then it would be more appealing. Maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking like like if at least on this woman that that's being pictured right now, maybe like the upper thighs, like if the if the painting was just moved up a bit to, like, I don't know, like, more proportionally have it in the middle, I guess. Because when you see someone, it's not like you're looking at their feet. Right. You know, going, oh, wow, unless they're far away, I guess. I guess. And I, I could see this if, if if someone wore this during a convention. Mm-hmm. No one's going to see that ship. Mm-hmm. No. Like, with all the foot traffic and everything. Right. Uh, no. So... I mean, I love the design. I've always loved that painting. Yeah, yeah. And right. I think it would. I think it looks great on a dress. I just, I'm questioning the position of the design. Mm. True. I'm not a fashion expert, but <laughs> I know what I like, and I don't like that it's at this person's ankles. Mm. <laughs> I hear you. something Unless that you might. Train, you know, and you're looking down, and you're like, "Oh, nice cruise ship." <laughs> Nice cruise. <laughs> nice cruise ship. Well, the Enterprise D was kind of jokingly referred to as a cruise ship before, so yeah, yeah, it it works out. It does. Uh, Eric, you might be more interested in their uh, they're re-releasing the NXO one model. The you mean the big model? So like the uh, is like the toy from um, Art Asylum. I don't need the toy. I've got two NX-01 models that I still need to build, so I'm uh, good. Okay. <laughs> Get cracking. Yeah. Get cracking, Eric. All right. <laughs> Talk to me again five years from now and see if <laughs> we'll I've still built it. Okay. Will do. This next topic is actually something I wanted to discuss with you, Eric, because we haven't, we've chatted about it online a little bit. Yeah, we have. Um, and I definitely want to get your opinion since you have, you've donated Oh, yeah, I, I have opinions. The possible end of fan films as we know them. CBS Corporation and Paramount Pictures, Inc. filed a copyright infringement suit against Alec Peters and his Axanar production. Yeah, frankly, I'm not too thrilled about this from a donor's perspective. Mm-hmm. So towards the end of last year, Axanar Productions released a financial report to all of their donors. And I think what is causing the big controversy is that Alec Peters and a couple other people on the staff for Axonar Productions are getting paid a salary. Right. And I think totally they've made over a million dollars with their various Kickstarters and Indiegogo campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going on the record as saying that I am a contributor to all three of their 
fundraising effort so far. Uh, myself, I've put about $200 into their production, and I have to say I'm quite displeased at this turn of events. I've seen some pretty big group mentality from the XNR donors group, mm-hmm. um, and also from Alec Peters himself. It seems like if you're against Alec Peters, you are labeled a hater, and people on the donors group that have any concerns are met with are met with this groupthink mentality where people are saying, oh, well, if you don't like the campaign and if you don't like Axonar, then we'll buy out your pledge if you have concerns about your money. Like other oh, wow. members will buy out really? their... Oh, yeah. It's huge drama on the donors group. And oh I've raised some questions on the private donors group. I've, I've said, hey, look, I've donated to this group I, I've donated to all the things. Yes, I did get all of the rewards from the very first Kickstarter for Prelude. Mm-hmm. But now that I've donated to these two other campaigns, it most of that depends on if the film even gets made. Right. Uh, except some of the physical perks like the patches, that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I went all full in. You know, I want the DVD. I mean, I want the Blu-ray. You know, mm-hmm. I want the patch collection. I want all that stuff, and I feel like we've already given our money to your production. The only thing that that should inhibit is the physical perk of the DVD if the movie gets made. Then just refund us that. And I ask, I'm like, well, what's going to happen if this lawsuit goes through and XNR production is shut down? What's Mm going to happen to our funds? And I was basically told, well, you know, then all the money would be put into fighting this and and pretty much I just got a well you're kind of out of luck kind of right. response and I'm I'm not happy with that yeah. I paid for a certain uh, product to be made and yeah it sucks that they're going through this you know legal trouble mm-hmm. but as a donor I'm not happy that Alec Peters is taking a salary I get that he's pouring all of his free time into this but, you know, there is a certain promise made to contributors that this money would go towards an actual production of a movie. Right. And that's kind of the silent promise mm-hmm. that is with these Star Trek fan films, is that they are not supposed to take a profit from right. the donations that they receive. Mm-hmm. And all this social media fallout that happened too. I've I've seen some very nasty comments from an attitude from Alec Peters on his Twitter right. to oh. people that raise concerns. And I don't think it's very professional. Mm-hmm. No. And there was a recent interview or uh, comments, uh, an article that came out a couple weeks ago. And I thought his attitude towards other... Uh, fan productions was distasteful. Right. Like he's trying to say that their that his production is going to be so much better than theirs, but at the same time he wants he wants CBS to treat him like a fan production. Right. So he's like right. contradicting himself. He's saying, "Well, we're so far above these other productions 
and we're having oop, we're having professional actors and this mm -hmm. and that. And it's completely dismissing the work that Star Trek Continues has done, which right. they are full actors. Vic Mignogna, you know, the guy who plays Spock, all of them are anime professional voice actors and regular actors. And they've had Star Trek actors on their show. Right. And they've given everyone who's, who's donated, they've been given what they're promised. These episodes are free for everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything has worked out with Star Trek Continues. And, you know, Alec Peters kind of gave this backhanded compliment to them, but it was kind of like, oh, well, we don't want to look like a television production. That's the whole point of Star Trek Continues, is to right. look like the Star Trek of the 1960s. Right. Albeit with updated right. visual graphics. Like the remastered uh, version of Star Trek. And uh, Star Trek Continues is faithful to like the sets, mm -hmm. the props, the costumes. It looks like what Star Trek should be today. Like, if you made mm -hmm. the original series today with today's standards but kept the same production values, that's what Star Trek continues, and that's what Star Trek would look like today. Mm -hmm. So, to have Alec Peters diss these other productions and try to elevate to this, like, new level, I, I think it's, like, I think it's so disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, because, I mean, we've had him on the show twice. Mm -hmm. He was nothing but professional, yeah. and we were professional. But I see these comments like this, and I start to lose respect for him. Yeah, because, I right. mean, we've had, we've had him on twice, and he's, he's always said that he's not a fan film. He's an independent production. And now after this lawsuit comes out, he's, he goes to saying that he's a fan film again. Right, that's the thing. He wants to say that the quality of his show and production values are above a fan film, but on the same level, he wants a fan film style of protection from getting sued by CBS. Right. And I think that's wrong. And mm -hmm. he's made some grandiose claims like, oh, well, the reason they're suing us is because, you know, we made over a million dollars with all of our funding and now we're on CBS's radar because they feel threatened that we're producing a better quality um, production than, than Star Trek Beyond. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Star right. Trek Beyond is like a $200 million budget film. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't care if the story is crap. Like, there's a lot of crappy Hollywood movies that are made for millions of dollars, but they make all that money back and then some. I mean... Like like this, these J.J. movies or not, this is the third one in mm. this series. And yeah. it's made a bunch of money for CBS and Paramount, and it's brought in a newer fan base for a new generation. Right. So, more, more people are going to see Star Trek Beyond than they will see, or if it ever gets produced, Axonar. Right. Yeah. And... Let's face it, Axonar's story is for the hardcore Trekkie mm -hmm. that even knows what Axonar is, who Garth of Izar is, who mm -hmm. any of these, like, the Hundred Years' War, like, 
And no one's going to know that except a diehard Trekkie. And the the Garth character was in like one episode of the right. original series. So... And I, it wasn't even that good of an episode. Exactly. I'll be straight. I loved Prelude to Exonar. I, I have the Blu-ray. The, it, there's no doubt... Yes. And there's no doubt that, yes, there are professional people who work, have are working on this. Robert Burnett, Alec Peters himself. And another thing is that they don't like to talk about is that Tony Todd is gone. I know. From this that production. was such a surprise. And Tony Todd is flinging these things around on social media like, oh, yeah, they're so unprofessional. You know, I left because I didn't want to work with some amateurs. He's like, I got some other paying jobs I need to work for. And it was just, it was a shocker. Yeah, and, and after that came out, yeah, uh, Alec Peters announced that he was going to step down and not be, he's not going to play Garth. They're going to hire someone else to play Garth now. Right, because uh, because Prelude to Axanar is a documentary that takes place after the the war. Right. So that was the excuse that Alec Peters had, or why they're casting a, a younger uh, per, a younger actor for Garth was because like Alec Peters was playing the older version of him for Prelude, and it wouldn't make sense to have him, you know, acting in it when it's ten years before or whatever. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a complete cop-out because Tony Todd called him out. He's like, yeah, you know, Alec Peters is taking these acting classes and blah, 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 and, you know, he's trying to act out against us. And So there's a ton of drama surrounding this, and I almost want to say good for CBS. Like, mm-hmm. they're making an example of Axanar. Like, if right. that's the attitude that Alec Peters is going to take, then, I mean, so be it. Part of me is disappointed in CBS because fan films have kept the Star Trek fandom going, you know, in that gulf where we've had no Star Trek. Right. You know, between between Enterprise and, you know, the first Star Trek movie, all we relied on for live-action Star Trek entertainment was fan films. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have it where CBS works out a deal with the fan community and says, look, license the Star Trek uh, rights through us. Mm-hmm. We'll help promote your show. We'll per- we'll make official DVDs. We're going to take our cut. You guys will get your cut and all will be good. I wish, yeah. I wish CBS took that stance with the fans because Star Trek is nothing without the truckies that support it. Right. And, Oh, I've seen a lot of comments where people like hardcore truckies are saying that CBS is like full of corporate greed and this and that, and why are you training fan creations like this? And people are getting mad at CBS. So I think if CBS doesn't play this right, it could be a big PR disaster from them, from the right. community. And, I mean, I've heard people that are going to boycott Star Trek Beyond because fan films are getting sued. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm going to no. I'm going to see a a real production of right. Star Trek, something that's canon, something that's canon, official from the studio, and right. we still have the Star Trek TV series to look forward to in 2017. Right. I'm highly excited for that. Much more so than I am now for Axanar. Right. right. I I'm sorry, but 
I, I went into Axonar and donating. The only reason I donated was because I had faith that they could produce mm-hmm. a right. quality independent movie. And after seeing Prelude, that proved it for me. So mm-hmm. I took a risk by donating to Prelude. But when I finally saw Prelude, that's what sold me to contribute another $100 to their campaign. Right. To, to their next two campaigns. So I'm I'm highly disappointed with the the major groupthink mentality mm-hmm. of Axonar fans and like the Axonar Strong and the Axonar Army and, and this all this junk right. that are totally denouncing uh, CBS and Star Trek uh, just because of this lawsuit. I think the lawsuit is valid. Oh yeah, um, most definitely. It's yeah. totally valid. And right. every time Peters makes another comment, it just, it, it doesn't make me want to support it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I kind of want my money back, but at the same time, I want the cool stuff that I was promised, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think right. those patches are gorgeous. All the other extras that are included, I think, are top-notch. So I kind of want it both ways. Like, I want... I want it to still get made, obviously, and for me to get my stuff. But at the same time, I think CBS has an opportunity to work with fan productions and make it a win-win for both parties. Because if Star Trek says, look, we approve fan films, we approve of fan films, we haven't done anything after all these years, you can still make money, blah, 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 whatever, but... If you license it through us, we'll promote you. We'll get official DVDs made and home media made. You know, we'll get it streaming to more places, and it's a win-win for both parties. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that's where I stand with it. I'm completely mixed with this. They can produce a, a quality movie because they've done it already with okay. Prelude, but at the same time, I really don't like the attitude that is coming from his side of things and fans of Axanar. This isn't what Star Trek is about. It's about coming together. And I I really hope they're able to settle things with this lawsuit, but I don't know if that's the case. He's already hired a a private firm has come to his defense. Mm -hmm. So it feels like they're going to duke it out. And if CBS wins, which you know they will, then this might be the end of fan films. I don't know. Mm -hmm. At least it'll be the end of fan films that make over a million dollars in funding. Yeah, I mean, do you think this will end up affecting only Axanar? Because there's no indication that it's gone past Axanar. No, I think Axanar is being targeted because right now it's the most visible and most donated campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like Continues has probably raised a million dollars after all of their funding efforts. Yeah, but I, I think, like we said at the beginning, the, the main issue is uh, Alec Peters and Co., a few other people, are, are making a salary off right. of the donations. And, and, and that's the thing. I think that is the main crux of this lawsuit. I think that they broke the silent rule which was you can't make any personal money off of this. Mm-hmm. Especially with the donations, right? Yeah, and it's all through donations. Like, my money went to 
make a cool movie, not to line people's pockets with money. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's my big issue with it, and it seems that's what Paramount's, uh, CBS and, and Paramount's issue is with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they really were the first one to break that that silent rule with fan films. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it wasn't until the the release of the last uh, th- that financial statement, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's great that they're going to be transparent about it, but at the same time, that just bit them in the ass, mm-hmm. right? And I I don't know. It's because it, like. Like Axonar Productions, Star Trek continues. They have their own sets. They have mm-hmm. their own warehouse where they film stuff. But that's the thing. They're not. They're not making. They're literally not making any money of the, out of this. This is a hobby for them. They're able to produce amazing content with the money that they're given through donations, mm-hmm. and they all have day jobs. Mm-hmm. I think Alex's mistake was turning XNR into his day job. All right. And then when you take a salary, because he's got to live too, he, I don't, he 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 broke he broke the silent rules. Yeah. Uh, right. Of fan filming. So I, I'm sorry to go so much into this, but that's that's my issue with it coming from the perspective as a donor. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and even on the public fan Facebook page, there's name calling and no, it's all this turned, other stuff going it, on. It's turned into a huge mess. Yeah, yeah. a huge fandom mess, and I hate that that I hate that we're dealing with this on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that this is taking so much focus from what should be a celebratory year. Right. Celebrating the fans and the franchise. I think I just think the timing is horrible. Yeah. It is. So I've said my piece about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to I mean, out of out of the three of us, you would be the one that has has the most stake in the outcome of it since you have donated. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to get your input on it. Now let's uh, shift gears. CBS All Access, it sucks. It okay. sucks as a streaming service. Yep. It's trash. There's what do you no, mean by that? The, the video app is horrible. Mm. Um, uh. the, the commercials suck. It stops randomly. Sometimes it stops playing all on its own. Compared to other streaming services, it's trash. Well, I would hope that they improve it by the time. Oh, I Six hope so too. Right now, they're about three years behind from Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like, get with the times. I, I will not pay for CBS All Access until they have they improve their damn app because, again, <laughs> it sucks. Now, do they have an uh, iOS app? Yeah, it okay. sucks. Okay. <laughs> the, the player <laughs> is trash. Okay. So like the video is it like their video quality that sucks? No, the the video like... quality is great, but if you try to rewind, you're you're screwed. Oh, like, okay. Like it's it's just simple stuff that Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu have all figured out years ago. Right. Their video player is just way behind the times, and I'm not going to pay seven ninety nine or whatever it is a month. For crap. 
So, okay. I, all right. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I'm on a tirade this episode. <laughs> it's okay, Eric. So, Let, so let's, let's move on. Let's move let's on, to, on to some happier news. To more celebratory uh, news items. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's look at some 50th anniversary celebrations. Awesome. So destination Star Trek Europe is set for October 7th through 9th in Birmingham, United Kingdom. It's set to be Europe's biggest Star Trek celebration. Destination Star Trek Europe will offer fans the opportunity to meet the cast and crew, explore interactive exhibits, learn about Star Trek's impact on science, space, and technology, and enjoy parties fit for a golden anniversary. That's awesome. Aaron, we should go to this. This is in Europe. Um, I think our friend Clive may be going to this. Oh, he he totally needs to come on the show after after he goes to that because yeah. I, I need to hear all about this. This sounds fantastic. Yeah, it does. It does. Sounds I'm, better than the conventions I've been to, Star Trek-wise. We only yeah. been to one, Aaron. It's all that all counts. <laughs> no, uh, oh wow, they're they're gonna have the Enterprise D bridge there. It's ooh. the bridge photo shoot. I want to do that. Very nice. It sounds awesome. We should make a trip. No. <laughs> we are Aaron. We are already going to Europe. Not in October. I know. <laughs> yeah. But well, we here's, can go back. here's one that's probably closer to you guys. Uh, Star Trek Mission New York. So CBS Consumer Products and Read Pop have announced an all-new original Star Trek fan experience to set to take place in New York City. Uh, New York City, of course, being the city that f- hosted the first Star Trek convention back mm. in 79. One note, this is interesting because Read Pop is actually the organizer of uh, events like C2E2 here in Chicago and other uh, fan exhibits. I'm actually glad that this is not being run by creation mm-hmm. because <laughs> they seem to have a hold on fan events. Right. So I'm hey. glad that I'm glad that Read Pop is doing it because I've gone to every single C2E2 here in Chicago that they put yeah. on and they put on a fantastic show. They're super organized. Everything runs great. I think this is going to be a fantastic event. And it's it in New York. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of creation, <laughs> the official uh, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, now uh, that I dissed them. <laughs> uh, in Las Vegas, August 3rd through 7th, uh, it will be in the Rio Suites Hotel in Las Vegas. Too that bad I cannot, I'm, I'm not going to go to this. I will be attending another nerdy convention in August, so I won't be able to make it. Mm. Which one is that? Is that for Power Rangers? Yes. <laughs> How would I know? Because you follow me on Facebook. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Eric. But no, I mean, the, the, uh, of course, the official Star Trek convention, the, the 50th anniversary edition, that's going to be amazing for people. Oh, yeah. Right. 
I'm, I'm sure so, it'll be someday awesome. Someday I'll go. I'll someday I'll go to one of those. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I didn't really like the the convention we went to in Boston was a creation convention. I it was all right. It might have been the venue. I don't know. Yeah, the one I went to in Chicago was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Right. Next in our little celebrations category here, the Roddenberry Vault is open. It's also called the 366, wait, 366 Project. Every day this year, Roddenberry Entertainment's Facebook page will be releasing rare photos and scripts. Sounds fun. It's awesome. I've... I've already seen uh, quite a few pictures that I've never seen before. So yeah. it's it's a really awesome project, and I I hope that they collect everything into maybe some kind of book or something. Oh, that would be cool. cool. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely definitely buy that because they had some interesting prototypes for what would become the Enterprise that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And... I think the one that they released today was an original slide picture of Spock mind-melding with the alien Horda uh, from Devil in the Dark. And it's a, it's a different picture than, you know, what's normally seen from that episode. So it's, it's really cool. And sometimes they release more than one a day. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, wow, I'm looking at yesterday's one because they number it like like 35 of 366 or whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it's a picture of Gene Roddenberry uh, with an NBC executive from the 60s. I, I've never seen that before. No yeah. no one has. So th- these are really cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. It is. I, I suggest everyone go out and check it out, uh, facebook.com slash Roddenberry, and uh, view, view it. So uh, next up, Eric... This is so cool, and I'm glad I'm actually going to a Star Trek uh, 50th anniversary event. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is called Star Trek The Ultimate Voyage, okay. uh, yeah. which is a concert tour that is going around the country all year. I'm going March 19th. Mm-hmm. This is gonna, It's going to be a super nerdy day for me and my girlfriend because... <laughs> Earlier in the day, because it's the same. It's the same weekend as C two E two in okay. Chicago. So we're gonna do a nerdy convention all day. Uh, this this concert is at night. It's gonna be at the world famous Chicago Theater. And I've seen the promo for it online. Like they have a video of mm-hmm. what the concert experience is like. It's a full orchestra doing all of the suites from various Star Trek films and series. And while it's happening, they have this gigantic screen that's showing montages and clips uh, from all the different series and movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for this. And It sounds fun. Uh, yeah, and one of my uh, uh, people that I follow on Twitter, uh, and he follows me back, uh, his name's uh, Bob, Bob Repass, and he went to one that already happened. Okay. And he said that the music was fantastic. Uh, he said that the he said that he wished the clips matched up better with the music that they were playing. But he said overall it was a great experience. So I'm really looking forward to this. Very cool. And they're actually coming to Boston. It was announced uh, 
March 4th at the Wang Theater in Boston, so maybe Ashley and I should go as well and see this. Oh, and we I, can do a recap. Yeah, we can all, yeah, we can, after March 19th, we can all do a recap on our concert experience. Yeah. That'd be great. No, I, I beg the two of you to go to this, because I feel that as Trekkies, we need to at least experience one of these 50th anniversary events. Mm. I think so. Like, because I know I can't make it to any of these conventions that we just talked right. about. Yeah. So, unless I go to the Chicago one this year. But, um, no, I think I think we should all go to this. <laughs> really. Yeah. The tickets are only $40, Aaron. Oh, lucky you guys, because, like, Well, they're starting at $40. Let's say that. They're starting at $40. Yeah, uh... because I, I checked tickets at the Chicago Theater... It's like eighty bucks a person. What? For, for at least for the tickets that I'm getting, because oh. those are the only ones available. So your theater may may be different. Again, this is the Chicago theater, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's cool. I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's cool, interesting experience. A big orchestra live playing Star Trek music. Right. And Star Trek has had absolutely fantastic music throughout the years. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Jerry Goldsmith, like all of the different, you know, composers that Star Trek has had throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And probably the biggest event to happen this year for Star Trek will be Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, that's that's obvious. (laughs) Yeah, so some uh, newer news here. The ship that the crew is on after the Enterprise crashes to the planet is the USS... Spoiler alert. Spoiler, sorry. Uh, (laughs) uh, If you haven't seen it yet, uh, uh, it's the USS Franklin. Uh, And in the trailer you'll see Spock wearing a Starfleet uniform, and the patch actually says USS Franklin on it. Yeah, and there's been a new picture that was released of the Franklin, Mm -hmm. and it's a very small ship. Small, but I like it. I like it, too, because it's more in line with the Prime Universe. Right, especially than the Cells. Oh yeah, I like I digged in the cells. They cha- They're still blue uh, Bassard um, Ram scoops in the front. Uh, they keep their window bridge, but the size of it 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 must only be a couple of decks uh, big. I, I think ship. it's I think it's three or four decks at yeah. max. Yeah. So it's definitely like some kind of scouting vessel. Mm-hmm. or small science ship or, or something. But it looks more like a classic original series style. The the windows on the edge of the saucer, for example, right. are yeah. very rem- reminiscent of the original Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. I, I'm, I like it very much. I, I dig it. I dig the colors. I dig everything about it. It's very cool. And even, uh, I mean, they have some detailing on the on the uh, hull. Well, we can only see the top of it, so we don't right. know what the underside looks like. But the detailing around the hull is very unique, and I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's um, a little bit uh, different patterning than what we've seen on 
on other Star Trek ships. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like overall the look fits very much in line with the original series. Yeah. Where I feel like the Enterprise, the Enterprise from the J.J. movies, it's like a Mercedes or something. It's like super slick, polished. Right. It always looks new. Where this ship kind of looks dirty and beat up a little bit. Yeah. I think it makes it look more realistic, to be honest. Right. When we're looking at the interior of, of the ship, is a little darker. Right. The screen uh, interfaces are are different. It's uh, kind of reminds me of of the movie era, uh, TOS movie era. Yeah, with like the monochrome t- kind of lines and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I agree. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I'm, I'm taking it. it. It makes me more interested in the movie. Like the the ship is making me more interested in the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and something else that's that's a little interesting, it's revealed that Sulu has had a child, Demora Sulu. Which brings... It, it brings in the continuity of the movies because mm-hmm. we saw Demora Sulu in Star Trek Generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was piloting the Enterprise B. And we know now because the timeline has been advanced somewhat, like things are happening in this alternate universe earlier than they were in the original series timeline. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great touch right. and it adds that hint of continuity for the prime universe. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. I think it's, it is something someone would do. They would, you know, take their, a picture of a loved one and, you know, keep it, close to them, especially since they're on this five-year mission. He's not right. going to see his, his family uh, for at least five years, uh, probably more. Uh, so it's a good touch. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's, it's very cool. Like and it's it. an adorable picture. But I'm, I'm more interested in finding out, like, who's the mom? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, who knows? Mrs. Sulu? Um, or or would they, um, you know, kind of hint at, at George Takei? Maybe maybe Sulu is gay as a character. Maybe. Do you uh, think Star Trek would be progressive enough to do that in this did movie? They, did he adopt? Exactly. I, I'm, I'm going to guess that is going to be a traditional man-woman uh, type of relationship. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll check you later. We'll check you later. Uh, now, uh, Eric, if we wanted to see you on the interwebs, how would we do it? Yes, uh, you can catch me on all my social media channels uh, at TrekkieB47. Uh, you can also find me at my other podcast at Ranger Command PH on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, or RangerCommand.com. Ashley, if we wanted to find you... How would we do so? On Twitter, I am LittleCuteGirl86. Uh, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Star Trek Riza, at Nova Charter. Oh, wow. So until next time, so as always, a pleasure uh, talking with you, Eric. Oh, yeah. Ashley. Same, uh, same. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Truculator. Good luck, Crossman. 
You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com.